Hello, and welcome to Your Business Story Podcast. I'm Kristen, and because we don't know each other all that well just yet, I thought it was only fair to have someone come on and interview me using the same questions that I use for my guests on this show. So are you curious? How did this storytelling girl become a business writer? Let's find out. She's on a business writing mission to make sure you know what words to say so that what you deserve is what you'll get paid. Because storytelling changes everything. Get pumped for the epic knowledge in today's episode of Your Business Story. Welcome to episode one of season one of Your Business Story, where I'm going to tell you my business origin story. Well, Hello, <laughs> welcome, and welcome to my takeover <laughs> of your business story. My name is Travis Spencer. As always, I am the assistant to the regional manager <laughs> for literary symmetry. This is Kristen Spencer. Hi, <laughs> and she is the owner, proprietor, founder, creator, and so many titles. Uh, yeah. We could just uh, stick with symmetry. We could stick with the the ghostwriting copywriter. That's like my new official title. Okay, all right, that's fair. Uh, among among so many other titles, what other titles? Weren't you knighted by the Queen of the <laughs> British realm at one point? I haven't heard about it. If that's the case, oh. uh, for anyone who's tuning in, I see there's one of you so far. Actually, let me turn on comments because feel free to send Travis some comments about what he can ask me. Um, yes, but. Today, I thought it would be fun, and we're probably going to laugh a lot, so just FYI, uh, to have my husband, who's also the um, title guru for Literary Symmetry. I I came up with that title (laughs) myself. (laughs) Okay, that's not how I remember it, but so I thought I would have him come on and ask me some of the questions that I'm going to propose to all of the guests as the show progresses, but I thought it would only be fair if I could be in the hot seat first for this inaugural episode. Yes. So thank and, you. And to, and to get to know Kristen yeah. in general, because, you know, I mean, there's a lot I don't know about her still, um, <laughs> but there's even more that you guys don't know. So we're going to just get started. Before we get into the questions, tell me a little bit about yourself, Kristen, and who you are and how many pairs of glasses do you have? <laughs> Okay, so right now I'm up to eight pairs of glasses, but one is sunglasses. Do those count? Uh, they're glasses, so I'll allow it. Okay, so yeah, I have eight pairs right now, but one is like extremely boring because those are the ones I got from the optometrist office. Okay. So those are my, if I'm ever an extra in a period piece movie glasses. Oh. Hmm. Right? Useful Always to have. Enough. There's a lot of filming going on in Pittsburgh. Here. It's true. Yeah. It's true. That's like on our bucket list to do mm-hmm. one day together is to be extras on some kind of something. Yes. And so I would say, um, yeah, what do the listeners not know about me? I think they don't know that I'm shockingly introverted because Uh, people never believe me when I say that. Yeah, that's fair. You are quite gregarious on camera. But, uh, yeah, uh, after she's done, usually for the day, she'll go and hide somewhere. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Everyone will be like, my kids will come home. Who's mom? (laughs) I think you finish work down here and you just, like, stay. I Well, so I'll finish and then I'll go up and, like, debrief each one of their kids about their day. I give yeah. them each, like, 30 minutes and then I go hide in our room for an hour. Yeah, that's... Or, I, or I'm cooking, so no one will talk to me. That's true. Okay. I, I am very extroverted. Um, uh, I don't know if you can tell from my demeanor right now, but I am a very <laughs> extroverted person. And I think uh, I picked up some introverted tendencies from Kristen, and I think she's picked up some extroverted tendencies from me. Um, I, I think that that's good. As people, we should be somewhere in the middle, you know? But Right. Well, and, like, as a business mm-hmm. owner, I can't be like, hey, do you want me to write for you? And then be like, but don't talk yeah, to me. That, that's an interesting thing. Uh, actually, and we've talked about that uh, a few different times and just about how, like, the introverted entrepreneur, which also is a business title, unfortunately, or a book title from someone else. But that idea, though, is uh, very practical because I think people probably think you got to be like a 
uh, uh, Richard super, Brunson. Yes, yeah, super or, outgoing. Or like a Tony Robbins or um, anybody on Shark Tank. Yeah. You know, Even though I think Barbara's pretty introverted, honestly. Yeah. But, I, I mean, if you think about, I mean, the makeup of people in general, they are all over a, a, a spectrum, you know? Yeah. No, that's true. So do you feel... Um, like, when you have a new client, do you try and take them into, like, pull out what's what their personality is and maybe push them into a different direction in general? Or what are you thinking? Uh, I know. I never want to, like, change someone's personality. So, but mm-hmm. I... I set the expectation of I care a lot about you, and that helps me, actually, because I do care, mm-hmm. but, like, the the wanting them to succeed kind of suppresses my introversion a little bit because I care so much about that that I can kind of ignore how drained I feel on the call, depending mm-hmm. on how long it is. Like, if it's an hour call, I'm good. If it's a two-hour call, by the end of the call, I need to, like, lay down on the floor of my office <laughs> and sleep for 16 hours. Face, face down. Yeah. Face down. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I th- uh, what is, hmm, you've had a long journey, right? Oh, yeah. Let's say, let's Fair. say you've had a long journey to get to where you are. And I know that the journey forward is going to be pretty uh, far and terrifying. But um, (laughs) what do you feel like is, I don't know, like, did you feel like, let's go back to high school for you, right? Okay. Let's go back to high school. Over 20 years ago now. Yeah. Okay. Where did you picture yourself in 20 years from then? I thought that I would be like a famous artist. So I thought I would be showing... I really wanted to do handmade furniture. Mm, so you had delusions of grandeur. Interesting. Well, I wanted to be like Ron Swanson, <laughs> where, you know, they're like, oh, it's so... It, yeah. What was wrong with that one? Uh, it looked too perfect. It looked yeah. machine-made. Because <laughs> I've always been interested in doing things with my hands. Mm-hmm. And I like puzzles that aren't actual cardboard puzzles. So to mm-hmm. me, like, a piece of furniture is a is a puzzle. Mm. But uh, and I'm still able to do yeah. that because like I design the furniture and then you make it. Usually. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. For fun, not we don't have a business it's, doing that. It's true. We do it just for fun. Yeah. Um. Uh. Okay. Yeah. Let's. I think that because everybody has a path, right? Mm. And I think it's pretty popular now with the advent of the internet. You know, you probably didn't know at all what you maybe wanted to do. I think most of us don't, you know, when we're in high school. Yeah. But um, I, I think that now with, like, the popularizing of the entrepreneur and... Sure. Sure, like, that's always been the way it has been, right? The American dream with the picket fence and the, and the one and a half Yeah, dogs going on a shark tank. And two and, and a half kids. Getting yeah. the deal. Yeah, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. And I think that that has really been popularized. But I, I think, you know... Like, not everybody's going to have those millions of dollars, right? <laughs> so, I mean, really what yeah. you're looking to, are, are you looking to help out? Like, in what way are you looking to help out um, business people? So, my specific approach, and I know I'm not the only one taking this approach, right? I don't mm-hmm. have these, like, things that, oh, I'm the only storytelling later. The, the longer I'm a copywriter, the more stel- storytelling people I meet. But the thing that is unique about me is that, I actually have a degree in literature. I'm a certified copy editor. Like, I was deep in the world of books before I learned how to become a copywriter. And adding that marketing piece really helped me understand how to create a system. And Travis always makes fun of me. He's like, Mm -hmm. are you working on your system again? I'm like, yes, I'm working working on the systems today. Um, But so I was able to, over the last few years, develop something that will help my clients create like that foundation of consistency in their messaging. So they end up with clients who like their personality that like to work with them. Okay. So there's no mean clients. There's no more clients who make them cry, right? Because <laughs> that's the worst. Uh, and then they can use that consistency base, start going after visibility because, you know, um, actually Travis and I ran into these extremely interesting <clears throat> women yesterday. Yeah, we did. And they were create they're creating a business that is all about vintage postcards that may or may mm. not, like, be related to you genealogy-wise. And we we're like, this is super interesting. Yeah. Um, but the one of the women told me, and she's like, well, I thought, you know, if we just make it, people will come. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not true. 
I was like, yeah. but I'll help you, right? Like, don't don't lose hope. But that's something I had to learn as a business right. owner myself. Like, you can't just make this amazing business and then sit there and then people will magically find you and hire you. That's not how it works. So. Yeah, I think I think uh, it's like there's so much noise out there with people. Yeah. Um, and with the Google and SEO or search engine op- optimization, you know, there's lots of gimmicks out there to get people, like, to high up on the search list and get eyes on it. But, right, for, like, a day. But it's, like, <laughs> I, I think the old adage from the beginning of making anything is that you need to have a really good product. And I think that that, sure, people can kind of get some money and real quick and kind of get out. Um, but they won't have any lasting business, you know. yeah. Um, well, and that's what happens if you have a gimmick, right? Right. Yeah. You, you can sell yeah. a bunch of something and then people realize it's not anything besides being really superficial. Yeah. And then your business, I wouldn't even say that's a business. Uh, in my opinion, that's not a business. So whatever you did to get that money is dead. Yeah. I feel like it's more even like a, I would use the term scam. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, right. Or like a. Yeah. Like before scheme, before you know. we used the word hustle to mean something positive, right? Yeah. That's what it, it meant. Like, oh, ske- scamming, someone hustled scheming, you. Hustling. I yeah. Know. Yeah, it usually had a negative connotation. That's why I, I don't – I understand what they're saying. They're bringing in a lot of athletic metaphors, but um, – Right. That's true. I don't know if I would – still be on board with the term hustle and also i don't like unless what you're it means. doing the hustle from the 70s right, the do, 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 then do, do, then it's okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i don't want to mm-hmm. get a copyright strike so i'm not going to oh, hum any more of that i will on youtube no you won't yes i will no you gotta really lay into the <laughs> if the i tone. sing the whole song if i well, sing you gotta the whole be, song you gotta like be all in key get the pitch pipe out and make sure <laughs> that you get everything right um, okay, let's get into some of the questions. Okay, so these are the we'll questions just, that we'll I just, ask people. Yeah. So it's only fair. These are the questions that <laughs> she put together, but don't worry. Travis has got some Ugh. questions that are going to fly into his head. Oh, my gosh. He's going to ask. So this is the first question. Um, what is the most important problem that you solve for your client? I help them get consistent across all their platforms. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times when people come to me, they'll be like, can't you just write one part of it? And I'm like, I could do that. But actually now I don't do that anymore because I realized it hurts them more than anything. Okay. So if I write one piece for them and it sounds like them and it looks like what they want and then nothing else matches, it creates a natural distrust in the person who actually needs their help. So that's why I changed the offer, everyone, if you're wondering, why doesn't Kristen write just one thing anymore? Because it damages your brand to be inconsistent. And I realized if I'm just letting you hire me to do one thing, I'm contributing to that. And that's not what I want. Yeah, I think that uh, for for your business, what, I, what I've seen is that you, I mean, it's like, I, I know there are businesses out there to where they're like, okay, yeah, I have this one thing and you could just get this one thing. But it's like you you have this value ladder that genuinely is helping people because I've seen the uh, responses from so many um, business owners that are just like, oh, my gosh, you know, now that they know that they need it, they want it, you know, or they didn't even know what they, they wanted. Until, you know, it's like, it's, It's yeah. my job. <laughs> we do know what you want. Yes. Right? Like, it's one of those things where people are like, I want to grow. And they come to me mm-hmm. and they're like, this means I need a podcast. I need a YouTube channel. I need this, this, and this. Can you help me, like, figure out the messaging for that? And I'm like, why don't we take a few steps back? Like, let's look at your business model. Like, now I've spent months researching offers. So I've become an offer expert so that I can help you build an offer that can get you paid, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because that's the whole goal of a business right. is to get paid. Yeah. So I, I help them kind of take a few steps back so that they can get the systems. Otherwise, it's a charity. And even, <laughs> right. and even if it's a charity... You still have to you still have to make money right uh, to, to run, it. run it because you can't like literally people will not just donate to you out of nowhere. You have to be functional and like competent on how to run that business. And I have consulted for nonprofits before yes. where they come to me and they're like, "Help with the emails or help with the you know all the word things," but the words. I think people get confused about what copywriters do because they think, oh, I just tell you to write this thing Mm -hmm. and you write it. And that's not how it works at all because we have to know how you sound. 
We need to know what your offers are mm-hmm. and how you fulfill them. And we need to know what your future goals are so that we can point someone in that direction as they're going okay. through your messaging. So there is literally a ton of research involved. And that's why you can't find a copywriter or I should say a certified a, co- a, a like good copywriter or qualified like, look, copywriter. I, titles, titles are something like us. Yes. For instance, yeah. some random person could just say, I'm a title guru. But no, <laughs> you have to be certified and you have to go to college for like the title guru. So I am a certified title guru. Not anybody can say that. And they have to have a track record of being really good at coming up with titles. <laughs> I thought you were going to use the so. example of being a copy editor. Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, so you being a copy editor, copywriter, um, ghostwriter, um, business expert. Business writing expert. Yeah. yeah. That really encompasses a lot of different things. And, and I've definitely uh, come across and you've definitely heard about lots yes. of people that just say they're something. Mm. Um, could you give me an example of a, of a customer that you had, a client that you had that um, had paid money before for oh, a service? Yeah, could definitely. You give me a, a specific example? You can change the name of someone. But yeah, you know, but. so let's talk about Sammy. So Sammy came to me and she was like, Kristen, I don't even know if I can trust you because the last copywriter Mm -hmm. that I worked with took all this money from me and left me high and dry with this like series of avatar worksheets, which Mm -hmm. I didn't even know how to fill out. And I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, the last airbender. No, that's real good. Right. Like, (laughs) so it's one of those dynamics where people are like, if I can just create these questions and give them to the person, then that's all I have to do. They can respond and I can write their stuff. Mm-hmm. But people get intimidated by these questions, right? And, like, so when people first work with me, I'm like, listen, I promise you're not going to have to fill out any avatar worksheets with me. If I need questions answered from you, I'm going to ask you and I will help you answer them if you get stuck. So do you, like, the the process that you're using, is it mostly just, like, to where you're um, talking with the client and you're really answering a lot of the questions that you might have anyways, right? Because people kind of use a, a worksheet to be like, okay, look, I don't really want to have to talk with you. Let's fill this out. Oh, yeah. But but I feel like with most, uh, like, worksheets or questions, it's like you're filling something out and, and, and you kind of – you kind of lie to yourself about what the answer would be. Or like, you're like maybe you don't know what kind of answer you need. Yeah, and that, that's the thing is sometimes we answer in the way that we think it should be, but it's actually not what it needs to be. And so with yeah. you talking with the client. I can I redirect. Like, like if right. they're, and you can read them too. And I can read them. And like I also do tellbacks with them. So like they'll answer a question and I'm like, okay, let me make sure I understand this right. Mm-hmm. Which normally I don't understand it 100% most of the time. Okay. I need them to clarify things. So I'll read it back to them and that will like give them this like magical idea. And they're like, oh, yeah, but also this. And the, usually the but also this part is the the, the thing I needed to grab the attention okay. of their target audience, which okay. is so fun for me to get that information yeah. from them. I feel like that would be pretty rewarding, especially when people, you know, appreciate what you've done. Okay, let's go on to the second question. Okay. What is the biggest pain your client is in right now? Like, uh, and what do they think they need to do to solve it? So this is speaking generally, not with any current clients, but... Right, right. My clients in general, yeah. What's the biggest pain any one of your clients have been in right now so i would say when people come to me they're usually and i'm in a i'm in a pivot right now i'm transitioning Mm -hmm. where i'm not working with people who are starting their businesses anymore Mm because that's what i was doing for a long time um but i'm working with people who are profitable Mm -hmm. and they're but they're still trading dollars for hours and they're tired of it okay so i'm looking for people who are tired of owning a business but really not being in control of their schedule yeah and they want to achieve that next level of growth with consistency and visibility and the thing they think they usually need is to spend even more time in their business And that's not accurate. It's not going to change anything for them other than they're going to be more exhausted. They're going to feel more frustrated. And you've seen me go through that, right? Yeah. Where I'm like, I, think, I can't do any more calls. I'm out of hours. Again, I think going to the most popular version of the entrepreneur we got, which is Shark Tank, they kind of are always pushing people to be like, yeah, you need to. This is a hobby for you right now. 
you need to be more invested with more time. But that doesn't necessarily equal success. Right. I feel like that that's a misnomer. I And, you know, uh, not that you're getting all your business advice from that, but, like, that really puts people in a different uh, mindset because they think that all I need to do is work harder, work harder, work harder. But that's not true because it's like, you know, it, it's like us telling our kids, you can do anything if you if you put your mind to it. Okay, well, I want to blow things up with my mind. You know, you can't, you know, you can't really do that. So... Uh, you know, it doesn't more time and effort doesn't necessarily. Equal right. A you, you have to actually change what you're doing with that time mm-hmm. if you want to see something different happen. Yeah. So that's where I come in and I'm like, all right, let's figure out what is the big scary thing you want to charge a lot of money for that you're not going to do unless I mm. push you to do it. Mm. <laughs> that's like the main thing right now. And I had to have someone come to me and they're like, Kristen, you're spending all this time on these lower ticket offers when you are actually a ghostwriter and you do this amazing like yeah. consistency package for people. Uh, why aren't you focusing more on those things? And I was like, oh, easy. I'm scared. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> because... <laughs> I didn't know ghosts could get scared. They absolutely can. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I mean, that's a really stereotypical thing. I'm learning. Typical thing for you to say uh, about I'm ghosts. I'm so sorry. Forgive me for uh... being. I'm ghostess. <laughs> I'm a ghostess. Yeah, but I mean, so. I was just scared. I'm like, I know I'm really good at this. And like when clients hire me to do this, the results they see are so good. Mm-hmm. But it means I'm going to have to pivot my whole audience. And I'm so tired of having to deal with that. Yeah. And like a couple different people are like, Kristen, it's time. Like, you just need to go for that thing that you're good at and focus all of your messaging and all of your, you know, your value ladder and the different steps on there toward that instead of trying to have, like, 15 different value ladders that have, like, these mini steps. And I I was just like... If you're playing along at home (laughs) for the drinking game, value ladder drinking game... Please stop. You're going to get alcohol poisoning immediately. Yeah. Also, please drink responsibly. And if you're sober, we support you in your sobriety for real. <laughs> or I was talking about bubbly. Like, oh, or about like apple cider. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're going to get a sugar rush. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, yeah, we don't want that. All right. Here's the third question. What is your solution to their big problem that, that they had? Right. And how do you get it for them? So my solution is to come in and destroy everything they have, actually, <laughs> which people get nervous. I'm like, listen, this part's going to hurt, and they're going to ask you some hard questions. But when I start asking the questions, they're always like, oh, these are such good questions. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I didn't even know that I mm. wanted to do this. And, like, they're finally free to admit things. I'm like, okay, you know, if if you were not. If you could choose anything, just tell me what it is that you love doing. What is it that you're good at? What is the thing that when you get that result for someone that you feel the most, like, satisfied and alive and you could talk about this all day? Mm. And usually the thing that they want to do is related to what they're doing, but it's not what they're doing. Mm. It's like a whole three steps ahead. And I'm like, why don't we focus on that? And usually also because when Mm. you get more specific, you can demand higher prices because your value goes up. Sure. So I'm like, okay, well, you only have to do five of these jobs. That's the value escalator you're talking about. The the escalator. It's different than the ladder, right? (laughs) (laughs) But if you're looking at a graph, right, like the more specific something gets, the Mm -hmm. higher the value is, which means you can charge higher prices and you can do more of what you love. Right. So when I tell them that, even though I'm tearing apart everything they've been putting together, they get this crystal clear vision of what their future Mm. can be, and they're willing to do it. They're like, okay, let's redo everything. And I redo everything for them. I do their email sequence. I do their web copy. I'll give them their new unique selling proposition. Mm. I'll tell them who their new actual target audience is, and I'll do research to back that up. So we create their, you know, their basic, their messaging basics. Uh, which is not the 20-page report. I'm not offering that anymore, friends, because it takes me so long to write it. But I, I've been able to pack a lot into just a 10-page report, so now yeah, that's part of my new yeah, you're offer. Not, you're not doing the whole messaging report, but you're like taking a lot of that information that's going to be useful for their business and for their website and uh, copy. And right? the thing that I do differently is I build it off of the story they've already been living mm-hmm. So I go through and I ask them questions and we build their story vault together. Mm -hmm. And from there, I can take that because that tells me about their character, right? That -hmm. tells me about them as a person and as a human. And it shows me what struggles they've been through. So I can then take that information and 
use it throughout everything else I'm writing with them. Okay. And it's a collaborative effort, right? I do the writing, but they're like, I don't like this, and I take it out. And they're like, okay, what do you want instead? Yeah. And then they put it in. So it's us working together, but it's impossible to do this stuff on your own. Like, I don't even do this on my own. I have copywriter friends and mentors, and I talk to you about this probably way too much. Um, <laughs> where I'm like, hey, this is what I'm thinking of doing. And then I I get feedback mm-hmm. and then I test it. So I teach my clients how to test things, too, because if you can't test, you can't be sure that it's a yeah. system. Mm-hmm. It's just a theory. That's uh, yeah, that's a lot to think about. <laughs> so I, I have that running in my head like yeah. on a hamster wheel all the time. But that's why people pay me to think about it for them yeah. because I love it. Well, I think um, for most, whatever people are doing, right, it's like you could be making a thousand widgets for 50 cents or making or making like one larger widget for $500. Right. And it's just like it's more, it's more time. Sure, one thing can be more profitable if you're doing a lot. But I think also people uh, – people – undervalue themselves would you say that oh yeah would you say like um maybe uh people need to do do you think that people just need to take a take a a a leap or a giant step um to kind of like see if their business is really going to be successful right yeah, I mean, they, they normally need, like, a pep talk from someone mm-hmm. outside, right? And most of the—I would say for every person that I've worked with, they undervalue their own skills. Mm. And, like, especially I'll come in and I'm like, oh, like, one time I was working with this person mm-hmm. and she was charging uh, twenty to $50,000 for her services. And when I did her offer stack, which is, like, all the things you put together in your offer mm-hmm. and all the value, it was $1.5. $3 million that she was wow. selling for $20,000. And she was exhausted. I was like, no wonder you're exhausted. Look at all the yeah. value you've put into this offer. You need to be charging at least 150 k and then you're still 10Xing that for them. And, like, once they hire her one time, that's it. Mm. They only need to hire her one time for the entire life of their business. All their systems are set up, and they're profitable, and they're doing what they want to do. Right. So... I, I I mean that's an extreme case, but well, like yeah, there's a there's a joke right where it's like uh, I'm I'm selling this cookie for a hundred thousand dollars. I only have to sell one, right? You know, right? And like uh, you know, I I okay. So so what's the difference between a business a self proclaimed business coach and what you do? Uh, I'm not a coach. First of all, I make that abundantly clear. Like I do know a lot of great business coaches you could hire if you want a recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is not what I do because I actually do the work, right? Like a coach will teach you how to do the work and how to hire people. Hopefully. Hopefully. If they're a good coach, they will. They'll teach yeah. you how to set it up. They'll teach you how to hire and fire. They'll teach you mm-hmm. all those things you need to do to scale and grow. For me, I actually create the things you need with writing and with your stories. And I help you with the offers. <laughs> When we come back, you're going to find out exactly what I mean by geeking out and offer creation. But before that, I wanted to let you know that you can learn how to write the one big sentence to help you speak confidently about who you help and the problem your business solves with one complimentary 30-minute masterclass complete with plug-and-play PDF. Head to literarysymmetry.com forward slash pathway to get your free copy of the masterclass today because you shouldn't be guessing when it comes to talking about your business story and with that let's get back to travis and Kristen, who are going to talk about offer creation because that's super fun i don't know i just want i get obsessed with things but i realized my clients when they would hire me to write stuff for for them sometimes they didn't know what they were even offering and i was like i need to learn more about this so i was like geeked out on it for six months okay um, but that's the difference is I actually provide a service that will give you a quantifiable something at the end of our time together. So right. you'll have these written pieces. Yeah. Whereas a coach teaches you how to run a business. Usually, I would say if you're going to hire a coach, hire a coach and then hire me. Right. Like figure out what you want and then like I'll help you. My suspenders are falling down. For our for our listeners, I'm wearing Jack and Sally uh, a suspender skirt because today is All Saints Day. 
Um, yeah, it's, it's Reformation Halloween. Yes, day. Reformation Halloween. Um, but so that's what I would say. Like, I don't, I will support you in a coaching role in a way mm-hmm. because I'm walking you through how to create your value ladder, how to create your offers, and then teaching you what language to use to do that and writing the language for you. Mm-hmm. But if you want to work with a coach, usually if you're working on mindset things and uh, just any kind of basic communication skills as well, which I know good coaches will teach you how to communicate with other people, then work with them, then hire me and I'll write all your stuff and we'll create your offers and you'll be, you'll be awesome. But would you, okay. So what, who are the type of business coaches that you want to be aware of? I know this is a huge issue right now. Not like um, names, obviously, but just like uh, like symptoms and like kind of red flags that you're looking out for. So there are people out there who present themselves as business coaches, but all of their income comes from coaching, not from businesses they've made and sold. Okay. So if you're interviewing someone who's a coach, you want to ask them, what businesses have you built and are you running them now or have you sold them? Because if they mm-hmm. built a business that went out of business, right, that's not who you want as your yeah, coach. that's true. That's not ideal. And you'd be like, you can ask them, what percentage of your revenue comes from your coaching clients? That is going to get you off of a call real quick with someone who has no <laughs> idea what they're doing. That's, that's a specific question. That's great. Yeah. Okay, let's go to the final question. Then I'll just shoot a bunch of questions at you. Why, this is question number four, why should they trust you to solve this problem for them? How are you going to sell? And why do you believe you can do this? So for me, I would say you should trust me because I actually am certified at things. I do have experience (laughs) at things. And I had this guy ask me the other day, we were at an event, a local event, and I gave him my name and my number for his daughter because she had started her own business. And she was like killing it, $1,700 a week selling glass beads. I was like, dang, that is a legitimate venture right there. But so I put my my name and my title in his phone. I put business ex, uh, marketing expert. And he's all, what does that mean, marketing expert? What's behind that word? Is there anything behind mm-hmm. it? And I was kind of like mad for a yeah, second. That's a great question. <laughs> it is a really I mean, good I question. Always... And I'm like, no, it is a good question. And I said, I've made people a lot of money and I can keep making them money. And that's the difference between someone who's in marketing and a marketing expert. Right. The keep the results. making money. Right. The consistent results. Right. That's yeah. because maybe there are coaches or whoever, right, that come in. They're like, I'll make you this much money in this many weeks. And then nothing mm-hmm. happens after that because you don't have like, let's say they're like, oh, I'm going to give you this $7 offer for you to create. Okay. Which $7 offers can be expensive to create because, like, for instance, books are usually $7 offers. And books are expensive to create. I know because I make them for people. Mm -hmm. Um, But they get leads and I help them build a system so that, like, let's say you've – I've written a book for you that's $7. Well, I also helped you develop a high-ticket offer that will get you 10 k per customer per year ongoing. It's like, in a way, uh, you know, something like a book is – it's like uh, the, um, it's well, like the free weekend getaway that gets you into into, the, time into the time share. Oh no, let's thing. not compare my business to no, a time it's, but it's a great it's a great because they force <laughs> a sales pitch on you for like a and that's high pressure sales tactics, right? Which we we're don't not use. talking about yeah. that, but but I mean, it, or it's like uh, businesses that are like, hey, free appetizer if you come in, or like, right, you like know, for a restaurant, you know, it's just yeah, it's, it's like. And I do yeah. that, right? I have like a three hundred dollar call where I'll write your three right. main stories, and when people see that, they're like, you call "Whoa, them magnet lead, right?" Well, so it it would be a consulting call, basically, oh, okay. Okay. or a coaching call. Sure. But so they see I can write like them, and mm-hmm. they're blown away. And also, it gives them this like intense surge of confidence, like I can actually do yeah. this because they see someone else understands I can do it because right. I'm, I'm vouching for them, right, by writing the story, right. Um, so usually when people see something like that, they want to hire me to do a higher ticket offer. Mm -hmm. And so I would say like, I have been living this and breathing this for the last 10, 15 years. Right. I can can verify. And I know (laughs) what doesn't work because I've tried so many things that didn't work. And she has, and she has insomnia most nights. So she lives and breathes it a lot. I do think about about it way too much. Uh, I can just go to bed. We can talk about something really intense and then I could just boom. Asleep. Go to sleep. Completely asleep. And then she'll be like. Awake for like eight hours, eight thinking hours. about it, 
taking notes. So I call it sleep anxiety, yeah, where I'm like right. just like fixated on it. I'm working on it, okay? Like I'm not I'm not perfect by any means. Okay. All right, let's Definitely. get into some let's get into some. Okay, we're gonna questions. do rapid okay. fire. All right. Well, yeah, well look. How many books have you written, fiction and nonfiction? I'm writing number thirty right now. Okay. And when when was the first time that you started to write? I started like what, what year? I tried to write a novel when I was 13, mm-hmm. and it I won't go into what it was about. Uh, it was a bestseller. It was. It I was, never finished it. It was where—, oh, where, where. It's a coming-of-age story about it, this girl who had to go white stay. She, it's called White Fang. She wrote it <laughs> when she was 13. Isn't that amazing, everybody? Isn't that amazing? So, yeah. No, I did not write that. Um, but— yeah, so I tried to write like a coming of age fiction story, and then I thought this is dumb, <laughs> and I I was like I'm just gonna because I have like entered poetry competitions. Sure. Uh-huh. I really loved writing, but I thought there's no way I can ever make a career out of this. So wise at such a young age. <laughs> I know it was like because so pragmatic. I know, and and so okay, so for a well, how do you view for what you do as a ghostwriter? Um, how do you view that? In regards to a business, like what, um, some like everybody has a story, right? And that's oh, yeah. your thing is like find your story. Your business right? story your matters. Business story matters. Yeah. Um, what I mean, sometimes when you're hearing a story, it, you're like, "Wow, this really could be a commercial success. This isn't. This yes. could be more than just yeah a magnet or a magnet leader or right. Business like thing. the book that my yeah. final book that I edited, uh, Three on Two Off by Linda Morgie. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that book better take off because it's like a game changer for the way that we yeah. it, we interact with our work week. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Stuff. Um. Okay. Uh. What? Let's see. Um, where do you see yourself in five years? In five years, in, with your business, I would like to have a firm, and I want to have a whole uh, group of ghostwriters and editors and formatters mm-hmm. creating uh, amazing books that will catapult those businesses. I mean, that's the thing, right? I'm I when people hire me to write a book for them, I don't just write a book for them; I create their high ticket offer yeah. so that. They can pay. First of all, they can get paid back from what they spent with me if they want to put in the effort. Right? I can't make people do it. Yeah. But that way, they have the way to get the visibility to get those high ticket sales. Okay. So that for me, it's not just I want to tell a story. It's I'm going to share my story to help others and then give them a way to follow up with me if they right. want more help. Well, like for instance, you have a client who's in. Uh, uh, it's it's a past client, and technically they're still current, but. They they are in an industry where there's only one other book. Oh gosh, yes. And and like if you typed into Amazon, you're like uh, about this industry, only one book will come up. Yeah. And it's okay, but it's not good. But like it could be so much better. <laughs> yeah, it's and, not good. And the client that you're working with is really good in that industry. Oh yeah, so they're the best. Like that's the thing is, I think uh, some people are like, "Why well, a book? That doesn't like that, that's so like 1980. I don't understand what that <laughs> would what that would do for me." Um, so when help to explain like why that's valuable. Because like yeah. if I'm just uh, if I'm just interested about a topic, what's the first thing I do? Yeah, I, and I, you Google, I Google it. it. Yeah, I Google definitely. It. Okay, so yeah. so then then what comes up usually, right? Paid ads, paid and ads, some other things, and books and, and books. YouTube videos. Yes, YouTube and and uh, Amazon books are really, I think, some of the two. Well, and huge Google things, Google right? has its own book platform, Google Books, yeah. and so like they won't just bring up your book; they'll bring up your book. Like what your job is, they'll do the description, they'll do mm. reviews. Like I always recommend, have your book on Google Books. Use a distributor that can okay. have that. But so that the the book is what it's like. It flips a switch for people. It's instant credibility, right? I and think that that's absolutely right. So you can use it to leverage visibility platforms like speaking events, mm-hmm. local television, podcast episodes. Yeah. If they have to choose between someone who wrote a book. And someone who hasn't written a book, they're going to choose the person who wrote the book. And you want that to be you because you need that visibility, but you also need the consistency underneath because there are a lot of people who are famous, right? And they have visibility. Like, there's a ton of influencers. But, like, the statistic, and I'm probably going to mess this up, but it's, like, 
12% of YouTubers are over the po national poverty line. Mm. It's such a small percentage because they have that visibility, but there's no way to pay them. They don't have any offer. Okay. So that's where I come in and I'm like, let's build the consistency. Let's write the book, which is the visibility accelerator. Mm -hmm. And then let's use the book to point to your high ticket offer mm -hmm. so that you can help people who need your help and you can make money doing it because you should be compensated for your unique skills. Now, what if I was like, man, I really don't want to have to pay a bunch of money for this. I'm just going to try and write my own book and do my thing. <laughs> Or like, what do you feel like, do you think that that's possible? So uh, I do have a book that will teach you the best way to do that, which I wrote with uh, my co-author, Maria Munakalaki. But the problem is you need this plus 10 to 15 years of finding your writing voice. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of very famous authors echo that. I, I think it was Malcolm Gladwell that said that, or was it... Um, well, he oh, does it, talk um, about the 10 years, 10,000 hours. He, right. Yeah, he writes yeah. about that. Yeah, he, he wrote about I, that. And to find your voice, I mean, and that's that's the thing is it, it's like, um, it, and that's the difficult thing about uh, writing as an art form. It's not like yeah. you can just, <laughs> it's not like playing a guitar. You're like, okay, I'm going to play Everlong. I'm going to play, like, I'm going to play a lot of covers right. until I kind of, like, understand a lot of like, things about that. I'm going to write Curious yeah. George to practice. Yeah, yeah you, don't, you don't do that. You're like, oh, I'm going to write, yeah, I'm going to write White Fang. And you did write White Fang, so that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, obviously you wrote it. But, um, yeah, so, like, to to find your voice, you just have to write and write and write. Right, right. and so because I spent so long finding my voice, I can write in another person's voice and it doesn't get mixed up. And I think that that's, like, that's key to write as a ghostwriter, to know your own voice. Yeah. So you, but, like, I think there is an, I don't know how you could teach it because I haven't studied it, but I know that there are certifications on how to be a ghostwriter. There's, like, one but like, program. But, like, yeah. like, being a ghostwriter, what do you think, like, how how did you, how how are you able to find someone's voice? I have to spend it's some time. Like with them. It's no, not like Little Mermaid. No, you don't. They, they don't load it in the, the shell, and then you put the shell well, on, like, and then you can magically. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, uh, no, it's not. That's not how it works. I think you know you spend time with someone, but also, I'm not just listening to the words you say to process the information. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to how you say the words. Okay. I'm listening to the words you never say. Mm -hmm. I'm listening. Are you looking to, at body language? I, mean, I look you, at because you do lots of video. Yeah, things. You're I prefer like, that. So you're really like in a in a in a way um, in a way you're like a you're you're like a um, a thief. You're a, you're <laughs> a, a voice thief. You're a voice thief. You're you're like a grifter. You're lo you're like a scammer. You're like a right. But I only like use looking, my powers for good. <laughs> yeah, you're only like using your powers for good. You're like looking at everything. Yeah, that's so interesting because, like, I can read people, but I don't like I don't find their voice. I just read people to be like okay, like like to read their body language and how they're doing to to like have. I, I like, actually think a lot of it comes from being trauma-informed mm -hmm. and working with people who had been rescued out of human trafficking. Okay, wow. Because if you can't read them, you cannot help them. Because mm -hmm. you have to be able to earn their trust and prove that you're safe, like, instantly. That's interesting. Can you tell me more about that? So, like, I... Yeah. Tell, tell the <laughs> listeners, tell your future clients, like, <laughs> like what you did with that and and how long you did it and yeah so we were living in athens greece and i think like the second half mm -hmm. of us living there so the last four ish years i know it was over four years that i worked with an organization and mm -hmm. you would be like the security right when they were yeah. going into mm -hmm. the brothels yeah. and visiting with people to make right. sure they were okay and until they w would get brave enough to leave that was the process yeah. because leaving is really scary especially when you were like kidnapped young you don't know how to make your own money. You yeah. probably have kids because most of them had kids. Yep. And so I would be in the half where they're learning to um, do like a vocational skill. And we taught them mm -hmm. how to sew and how to make different things like bags and wallets. Um, but we would be instructing them in their first real job ever mm -hmm. where the person who they're working with doesn't have ultimate power over them. Mm -hmm. And but you need them to actually do what you're telling them to do. Uh, so there's this really strange dynamic that happens 
and you have to care about them as a person right. because okay. they can tell when you don't. They have these extra sensors that when you've been through trauma, yeah. your body is like hyper vigilant all the time and you notice things that other people don't mm. notice. And so I had to kind of like come into that world. And one of my friends was like, here. And she like shoved all these trainings and I did yeah. all the trainings because I, I didn't have time to go back to school. They needed help like right then. Mm. So I was with them. And when I would be with them every day, I started picking up on like little nonverbal cues or mm. words they would say when they were feeling safe and words they would say when they were not feeling safe or the way they communicated with their kids so that I could show them by like doing the tell back, right? Mm. I understand you. I want to understand yeah. you. And I'm going to help you as we're working through this together. And hey, maybe this seam needs to be ripped out, but that's okay. Like we're here yeah. to learn. Yeah, it's to not... bring it back to the business aspect right. of it. Like I, I, I can, I can kind of understand and tell that like what is different between you and perhaps like um other other businesses that do what you do is the is the empathy right it's like it's like you genuinely care about all I these clients care, and, yeah. and like you know them all by name like i get all the names jumbled up because there's so many people <laughs> that are like you're always yeah talking just about. talk about them by name i'm yeah. like i don't you know i don't know but you know all these people you like you uh want to see them and, and in fact some of them try to try to touch base with you when they're uh near our area yeah and, Meeting you know, I mean, they're more than they're fun. more than people, and it's not like you're you're creating right. some sort of um, you're not creating some sort of huge uh, like getting together. You know, like um, oh, like having conferences and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's no, the word they're I'm for. It's, yeah. it's, it's it's very personal. They're um, legitimately my friends, yeah. right? Like yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, do I need to listen to them and do what they say because they're my boss when mm -hmm. I'm working for them? Yes, but also I'm going to tell them the hard truths they need to hear yeah. if they're stuck. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to invite them over to my house for dinner if they're in the area, right? Because <laughs> I love hanging out with them. Yeah, that's a, that's really wonderful. I think, um, you know, and I, I think that's the, the thing about us as humans is, like, we can, like, I, I think if you're encountering someone that's really, like, shoving down your uh, mind or throat, your ears, just what you want to hear and like, hey, you can make all this money. Right. This is where I'm going to make you, you're going to be a million dollars in two years. All you have to do is pay me this such and such amount of money. But they like don't care about you. And maybe you even get into that program and you're like paying a couple thousand dollars a month to, to have them, but they don't spend a lot of time with you. Mm. And, you know, then, then you just, then you're just a commodity to them. And right. instead of, instead of actually you care about their business and, that I I know you've had um, one client who did uh, who did charity work um, in in Canada and like it was, she genuinely cares about all those nonprofits yes yeah but like she also like wants them to understand that like hey for you to be successful these are all the things that you right have to these do. are the real steps you, know, you these have are to the take real real steps that you have to do absolutely and I think yeah I think what you have is very transformative not. Only for a business, but a business is always essentially a person. person. Yes, yeah. It's, it's not an. It's not a building. It's relational, which is why storytelling is so important. Yeah, because storytelling builds no like and trust. It uses that uh, listener speaker neural coupling, right? Where mm -hmm. you uh, the patterns in that person's brain are then repeated yeah. in your brain, and it forms a connection. Yeah, you're not finding a pitch. You're finding a story, and yes. because that person always everybody has an interesting story. You just have to find it. And so many of these businesses that people do are very interesting um, and wide-ranging. You have a very wide range. Yeah, a lot of people ask me, Kristen, why don't you niche down more? Oh, yes. Yeah, I did and, do that. Yeah, and my, well, so what, what, does that, what does that mean real quick? We can, we can finish okay, we're Okay, we're out of time. But, yeah, we so I would say niching means that you're like, I'm only going to work with this one specific group, kind right? of group. Yeah. Like, I'm only going to write copy for accountants. That, right. That's not. I have or written like, for. I'm only gonna but. write for, for like single women who live in the northeastern part of the United States and have Subarus and like. Right. I mean, like, like you. It's can, like oddly specific. And niching can be good, but there's like the niches are in the riches. I mean, the riches are in the niches. Is the saying, right? I, I thought it was backwards. niches get stitches. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I, I feel like maybe that's overused a little bit. Uh-huh. But for me, the person that I'm looking for right now is someone who they know that what they do is helpful mm-hmm. and they they are succeeding in their business, but they want to enter into that next stage of growth to leverage okay. consistency and vulnerability through the power of personal storytelling. Mm. And that's my USP because Travis couldn't write it for me. But if I had been interviewing myself, that's what I would have written. <laughs> well, good thing you didn't interview yeah. yourself, huh? <laughs> just put up a mirror. Am I just a mirror to you? No. I, I, I'm I very excited. You know, I'm excited to, to see where her business is going. And I genuinely am always like, I, I want to work for your business. So that should be enough of a testimonial to everybody listening that her own husband would want to work for her business. Oh, thank you, honey. I, I genuinely do. I, I believe in her business, and I, I'm I'm counting down the days for me to stop doing what I'm doing so I can start working for you. And I know you're bringing in different people. Your business is growing, and I know that like it's only going to grow more. And you're constantly trying to bring in people to lift people up um, to encourage them in what they're doing because you see value in that person. Like you, you have, right, you have I Autumn, see. you have Kim, you have like, yeah, these you have people, Maria, you I have see all these people. Like this amazing talent and yeah. I want, I want to help right. them use it out right. in the world. Yeah. You're so cute. And, and, our, <laughs> and our kids too. We're trying yes. to get our kids into this. I know. This. We're trying to be like. Speaking of yeah, kids, they're home. They're home right now. <laughs> well, thank you for allowing me to take over your podcast. I, the host, Travis Spencer, Kristen, the not host, <laughs> not but, the host the, today. but the interviewee. Um, we're very thankful for that. And uh, maybe next time we'll, uh, I can come on again to ask you a bunch more questions. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. Well, well thank th- you. Thank you for crashing my show <laughs> and uh, helping me tell my story. Yes. I, I genuinely... I. I th- I hope, and I know that there are other testimonials of other clients, and I genuinely hope that that you would give Kristen a shot. Um, she genuinely cares about your business and wants you to succeed. I know, like I know that me. she gets upset <laughs> when people don't do what she says, not because she's so controlling, but because she knows how much it will help. Right. And that, she gets sad about these things. I do things. get sad. She is not a mindless robot. Yeah, I do. Cares. I care a lot. Yeah. And he has to watch me care, which I know can That's sometimes true. be painful. So it's thank painful, you, honey. But yeah. So thank you for everything. And um, Rem- remember, you want to say it with me? Oh. Do you know what it is? Wait. Oh. Your business story matters. Okay. Okay, ready? <laughs> Your, Your business, business story matters. matters. Thanks for listening to another episode of Your Business Story. This is your host, Kristen Spencer, and I want to let you know about a rare opportunity uh, so that you can actually have the impact you want in your business starting today. If you leave a review for this podcast on Spotify or Apple or wherever, and you take a screenshot of that and send it to impact at literarysymmetry.com, I will give you access to the Impact Accelerator uh, course where I teach you how to have qualified leads pay you to qualify themselves. Doesn't that sound good? So go ahead and send that screenshot over to impact at literarysymmetry.com and I will get back to you with your Impact Accelerator course as soon as I possibly can. Thanks for listening and remember your business story matters. Talk next time.